Right, investing beyond retirement. It's a big topic. It's a very interesting topic. People might wonder, if people may feel they've done their investing to get their retirement. So they might wonder why they should be re- investing beyond retirement. But there are some very good reasons. And we'll get into that in a moment. But Rich, as you're new in the podcast and you're, uh, you know, it's your first time, do you want to talk about what are some of the options for people uh, once they hit 55 uh, around how they could perhaps access their pension? Tell us, first of all, why is 55 a big number and what are people's options after yeah. that? I think, Peter, firstly, you know, age 55 is is what's referred to as normal minimum pension age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, you know, pensions are a, are a wrapper where you can't access your money until that point. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, that's due to change as well. It's probably worth pointing out that, you know, in 2028, that's going to change to, 20, to 57. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it just allows clients to get access, as I say, to their to their pension mm-hmm. funds that they've saved up for. So, I think there's firstly there's th- there's three main um, options available to them at that point. Um, first, you know, they do nothing. You know, just because you've reached fifty five, it doesn't necessarily mean that you mm-hmm. you're at a point where you'd need to take any money out of the pension. Um, and in fact, you know, you, you, you're generally pretty lucky if you're able to, you know pack in work and yeah. then and stop at that point so first thing is to just you know remain invested mm-hmm. you know your normal retirement age might be 65 you've got another 10 years at that point to continue to yeah. um, grow your pension as much as you possibly can um, but if you aren't you know in the position where you you can you, you you're able to um, stop work and you need to take an income second option is to to take a, a fixed or guaranteed income mm-hmm. it's what's known as an annuity so yeah. these were um, fairly fashionable before um, the launch of the Pension Freedoms in 2015, mm-hmm. um, which really brings us on to um, the, the third option, which is going to what's called Pension Drawdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where uh, basically you've got a lot more freedoms as to what how you want to access your pension funds. You've got you know the option to take 25% of that tax-free. Um, the big benefit to Pension Drawdowns and why they've become more popular is because you actually can remain invested as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to take all of your you, you know your money, um, take all of your pension fund out. You can remain invested in funds and then you can draw down effectively, mm-hmm. whether that's monthly, quarterly, you know, and true potential, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is something where we've got a lot of tools and we've got a lot of flexibility <coughs> around drawdown in particular. Um, our work, I oversee the platform department, you know, on average, we've got about 3,000 to 4,000 requests that we get every mm. single month to to pay out income to clients. Um, but yeah, the, those are the main three. Yeah, interesting. You might get to 55 and think, well, I'm not, I know I'm not retiring for another 10 years, but I want to be able to pay off some mortgage, for example. So mm. that brings us into the 25% tax-free element people can take. But maybe there's a misconception there that you've got to take the entire thing, but you don't have to do that, do you, Neil? No, not at all. Well, you don't have to take any if you don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. Um, it's entirely up to yourself. We recommend that if you don't need the requirement for tax-free cash or a lot of people get to retirement and think, oh, I'm going to pay off the remainder of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in that position or you've you know, you've paid off your mortgage by then, then why take the 25% tax-free out of your mortgage? Because that will still continue to grow. Um, and you know it was a good point what Rich was saying before about um, personal pensions being more flexible. Um, another point is that because of that flexibility now, if you said you needed ten thousand pounds a year from that income, but then you needed twelve thousand, thirteen thousand a year after, you can change that income as well. Yeah. So it's all about the flexibility. Uh, but yeah, from a tax-free cash point of view, there's 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 no need to take it, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to take 
if you do want to take some, you, you don't have to take the full 25%. You could take 10% yeah. um, and leave the re- the remaining invested. Take what you need and you don't lose the remainder, do you? So if you took 10%, you wouldn't lose the other 15%. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of older schemes either. years ago where you know you took your tax-free cash, which was 25%, and then you took the income from the fund, the older the older base schemes. And people have always remained with that thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that, what Richard said, obviously pension freedoms in 2015 um, the pensions have become more flexible, so you don't have to take that tax-free cash if and you don't want it. Is that, but, but is that every pension, or have you got to be in a flexi-drawdown type of You've got to be arrangement? In, a, in, a, in a sort of a pension freedoms, more modern personal pension in order right. to do okay. that. Okay, so you can um, do that. But also as well, you know, I said that the, if you don't take the money out, mm-hmm. it remains invested, mm-hmm. um, which gives you more opportunity to grow. Because, yeah. like you said, if the state pension retirement age is 66, 67, mm-hmm. You know, moving forward, you might think, "Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm enjoying working," mm-hmm. or you might not be um, fully retiring. You might be partially retiring mm-hmm. and and, and yeah. just require a little bit from it. Yeah, and and Kevin, just to bring you in from a sort of investment side of things, because obviously you look after you're part of the investment team here as well. So thinking about how people have got to a point where they've they've reached 55 or, or the age of retirement when they when they're in their 60s, they've built up a big pension pot, hopefully by then. And actually, the the, the research that we've done um, as part of the savings gap research for about 10 years now, we've we've polled tens of thousands of people in the public and this figure of £23,000 a year uh, give or take always comes out as what people think they would need for a comfortable retirement once that once they've retired but if you then think well you're going to need that if you need that for say 20 years you're looking at a pot worth well over 400 and mm. say, say 450 odd thousand which is a big sum to get to that kind of pot people put into their pension £100 a month 200 300 a month for that to grow by age well say by 55 the markets and the, the compound growth is going to have done a lot of the work. So what we're saying, I think, when we get to to fifty five, is you don't need to. You can, that that compound it can still happen, can't it? Yeah. If, if you're in a pension which remains invested, you can still benefit from the very thing that helped you build that pot th- in the first place. Is yeah, that right? Uh, yeah. I think um, so. You're right, Peter. That early on, the compounding effect from equities. If you're an early investor, mm-hmm. nowhere near in retirement, you know, annualized equity returns have been around about 7%. So that mm-hmm. compounding could get you comfortably to a nice pot by retirement. But the transformational event over the last few years has been the change in bond yields. Mm. So those who are perhaps in more defensive and cautious risk profiles, whereas the interest rate available on bonds, say three years ago, would have been 1% to 2%. Mm-hmm. Now it's between 5 and 7%. So if you take someone who's got a pot of, say, 400000 and they only need 20,000 a year. So they need 5% a year from their capital. Mm-hmm. If they can get somewhere between six, say, to six and a half in the bond market, they could actually not draw down from their capital yeah. net at all. Their interest rate they make on the, on the defensive and cautious profile could offset their income needs. So yeah. that's the main So in fact, they would never break into that 400,000. So they would, in effect, is that right? Yep. So they would still have, they would benefit from bond yields today. They would be exposed in the market, and the markets have been volatile, we know. But what they would they would be benefiting from the transformation we've seen since 2020, which is we had low rates from 10, 2010 yeah. onwards. So it's been a real change yeah. in those who have the possibility of getting an annuity-like <coughs> cash flow mm-hmm. from uh, bond allocations, for example. Right. And if, but if they, and also if they wanted to maintain some yeah. within higher risk profiles then they would benefit from uh, an equity appreciation as well. And as I say, the very thing that people have done for maybe 20, 30, 40 years perhaps, which is being invested through a pension, yeah. which is built up, it's it's just a continuation of that. There's no big sea change in terms of you're still in the market, you're still, yeah. you're still getting the benefits of of, of growth. Yeah, so I mean, the, the fundamental change for portfolio managers is that bonds are now looking increasingly attractive mm-hmm. 
to equities. So it's not that there's been mm. any change in the outlook for returns. It's just that that mm. overall return may come as much or could become more from bonds than it did prior to 2020. Yeah. People's income needs will change as they retire. So somebody in their, you know, early to mid sixties is going to have a different, um, you know, type of uh, lifestyle and expenditure to someone twenty years older. So what are some of the typical sure. considerations people will, should be thinking about when they're trying to look ahead and work out what income they, they might want to have? Yeah, definitely. I think really as you get older, you know, your your lifestyle changes naturally, doesn't it? You know, you're younger, you've got mortgages, you've got loans. As yeah. you approach retirement, you you know, hopefully those things are starting to be paid off. Mm. Um, and you're looking to essentially place, replace an employed income with a, you know, an income from your pension. So I think it's all about sort of budget and having conversations with the likes of Neil, you know, the advisors that we've got here mm-hmm. around sort of how much money ultimately you're going to need to live on. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked earlier about things like the overall pot that you need. I think those studies that you talked about, that, that constantly, that, that mm-hmm. figure is going up. Every time those studies are run because Mm. of the cost of living. Um, So essentially, you know, it's all about just, you know, taking in, okay, well, what what does your expenditure look Mm. like now? Mm. What's it going to look like? Have conversations with the the right people and also use tools. You know, the tools that we've got available on the platform Mm. as an example. Mm. So when a client will be taken um, or or requesting that they're going to be, you know, wishing to take money out Mm. of the pension, you know, we try to build those pages in a way which was, you know, Mm-hmm. allowed clients to understand the impact that we're going to have as well yeah so graphical formats you know things like well if you do you know talked about tax-free cash before as well if you just take that 25 percent out of your pension because you think well i've got to that age and it's the done thing that will have obviously an impact on that you know the the, the potential pot yeah. that you get when it'll, you actually yeah. do rely on the money it'll reduce the overall income probably from a sustainability point of view that mm-hmm. you could take from your pension because we normally base um, income from a pension on the size of the pension pot around 4%, which is probably around the safe withdrawal rate. Not exact for some for all clients. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking at the size of the pot that you need, mm. you might go for um, a 25 multiple, which is normally, say your expenses are, let's go for 10,000 for easy maths. Mm-hmm. You'd probably require a pot of 250 grand, so times it by 25. Mm-hmm. Then if you take that back and think, well, what can I take out of that? If you divide that by 4%, again, it gives £10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking at probably, you know, what do you need on retirement? Is it probably an income? Got some figures down, which I looked at later on, um, earlier on. You're probably looking at, for a single person, Mm -hmm. close to £24,000, what you need to live off. Mm -hmm. That's for sort of a moderate lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, But for a couple, you're looking at around £34,000, something Mm -hmm. like that. But you think, oh God, well, 34,000, that's quite a lot from a pot point of view. If you, if you times that by 25%, you're looking at a pot of 850 grand. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, my pension pot's nowhere near that. But don't forget, you've got in five, six, seven years' time, you've got a state pension coming to in. To come as well. Mm-hmm. Times two, you know, if you're, if you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not as bad as what it seems yeah. when you look at what do I need on retirement. And a really good point, what Rich said before, is it's all about speaking to a financial advisor yeah. who will do all that work for you. Yeah. And, and Kevin, in terms of people's investment styles, I mean, obviously some of this would come out of a, um, a conversation with an advisor potentially as well. But I mean, are there differences that, that people typically make? I mean, do people become a bit more, say, cautious or, or as, as they approach their, their retirement phase? Or or is it better, or do they, some go the other way and, and just maybe go more aggressive and stay where they are? Or is it very much down to the individual? I think it would be very much down to the individual if they've got other cash streams mm. or assets which they might choose to liquidate to help finance retirement then perhaps they can remain invested in say 
more riskier um, profiles. However, I would expect that some of the new conversations our clients will be having with advisors as they approach retirement is the attractiveness of defensive and cautious type solutions mm-hmm. given the yields that are available. Yeah. It's been a complete transformation yeah, from where we were right. two or three yeah. years ago. Yeah. You could have your, you say, your four hundred thousand pot or whatever it might be, but you know, to effectively live off the the yield off of that, you're yeah. saying rather than breaking into it, yeah, that might be something that people don't perhaps mm-hmm. realise they could be doing. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's, it, a, there's a few caveats to that, and it's really that, only, um, you know, it's really something that's only transpired over the last twelve months, which is that yeah. bond yields have risen so much that the future, the forward-looking yields mm-hmm. on offer, that income stream, mm-hmm. is now just where we were. 2005 it's just a real transformation yeah like kevin said it's a really good point we had issues years ago with certain clients when we were reviewing their pensions they typically just before five years six years before they went into retirement they went into what's known as lifestyling or lifestyling funds and with the current market and the guilt yields and stuff like that that didn't work mm-hmm. because they were they weren't getting the growth but what they were also doing is they didn't want that set retirement age from a couple of years ago they didn't want to retire then so they were moving into lower risk you know, low yield sort of funds at that point, and they're thinking, well, I'm not getting any growth in that, and you know, but now it's changed, mm. um, and it's looking more a lot better for investors. Yeah, and and just finally, then, if, if people do, as Rich was saying before, maybe take a bit out of there. I mean, you were saying you get lots of people ringing up each month to, mm-hmm. to, to get a bit of drawdown to to perhaps fund what they need to fund over the next few months. So people are doing that, taking a bit out of their pension through a drawdown, or um, maybe maybe it's through a percent, a small percentage of their tax free allowance they can get. What are people typically? What can people do with that? Does it just go straight in the normal bank account, or should it go? Other things could you know, could it go into an ISA? Are there rules around what you can do with it or not? As we know, if you're going to take the twenty five percent tax free cash out just for the sake of taking it out to put it in the bank, you're thinking, what's the point? Yeah. First of all, it's increasing your potential inherent tax liability. Mm-hmm. If it stays within the pension, you know it's not liable for inherent tax, and that goes back to the conversation on people say, well, I want to take my tax free cash out, and the first thing we say is what you're going to use it for. Mm-hmm. And if they don't come up with an answer, we wouldn't re- we wouldn't recommend they probably do that mm-hmm. yeah. primarily. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's a good question, Peter. I think people <clears> do, you know, as we discussed before, tend to reach a point and think, well, actually, it's just the done thing. I'll just take that 25% mm-hmm. out. It's actually exactly, you know, as Neil's saying with regards yeah. to, you know, it's in a tax-efficient, safe environment within your pension. Once you take that out of that environment, you know, it's liable to inheritance tax. Plus, plus as well, if you're not if you're not taking it out, you don't require it. As we know, pensions nowadays can be a great tool for intergenerational planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it would be passed down to your beneficiaries. And if you're gonna allow that twenty five percent tax free to grow more, that's gonna mean in the future when you're not here anymore, it's gonna go straight to your beneficiaries and provide them with more growth over the longer term. Yeah. Good stuff. Great. Well look, um fantastic. Well thanks very much for for doing that we talked about investor reasons to invest beyond retirement and also some of the ways that you can do it and things you might want to consider so i hope that was useful i'm sure it is what we try and do we try and give you some uh, uh, bits of tips and uh, insight that you can use so thanks very much for watching this week and don't forget if you haven't already but i'm sure you have don't forget to give us a subscribe and a like and uh, join us again next time on the podcast we'll see you then bye